It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to BGN Radio. Bradford and the shotgun. Three receivers. Takes the snap. He fakes to Murray. He's back. He steps up. He fires. It's complete. Across the 20, the 10, the 5. Touchdown! Jordan Matthews! The Eagles win! The game is over! Right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. Part of the Liberty Broadcast Network. We have made it to episode number 168 right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. And we want to thank you wherever you are listening. SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, now on Google Play, as Brandon reminded you last week and did a fantastic job of hosting, I might add. So we just might have like 70 hosts by the end of this thing. Matt uh, was killing it when he hosted. So we're going to keep that uh, circle going on because we got a lot of big things going on. And may I just hint that uh, there might be some rather large news coming in the next week or two. So we will keep you updated on where we're going to end up and be this season uh, with a lot of different events and everything else that is going on. we got a lot planned for you. And be sure to bookmark BGNRadio.com. Before we get into all of the OTAs and uh, I don't know, it's just kind of the dead zone here. So we're going to, we're our favorite thing to do is just kind of have the the mailbag. I think we're going to continue to do that uh, each week until we get some uh, more important news, some more observations. Mr. Brandley Gouton, you are here. What is happening, sir? I'm here, John. I thank you for the, the praise a little, maybe, maybe you oversold it a little bit. I'm, I'm just glad to know I didn't burn the podcast down. I'm (laughs) also looking forward to that big news you were hinting. Yes, yes, we've been uh, we've been pounding the pavement and uh, uh, not pounding the pavement, but doing a lot of push-ups, doing a lot of running, and burning a lot of calories. Also drinking uh, copious amounts of beer. Mister Matt Daring, what is happening, sir? John, I also have some big news. I made risotto. Oh, uh, just a standard risotto. Do we throw any cheese in it? Are there any meat products? What? Or yeah, lobster? I did a, did a little bit of did a little bit of parmesan and some mushrooms. Fantastic. Uh, I would uh, hope you are going to feed the rest of the BGN Nation with your knowledge of food and sports, and that's a terrible segue, but we're going to stick with it. Brandon, uh, I, obviously we're recording this on Thursday. You're going to be down there tomorrow, so be sure to be following Brandon 
all day long if you're listening to this uh, early morning. But uh, Wednesday happened. Uh, Not much going on. Anything observation-wise you notice from OTAs with shorts and shells going on? Yeah, nothing too, too much again because we're still in OTAs. And, there again, there's no contact. There's no press. There's no pass rush. You know, it's very limited stuff here. But I think the big thing from Tuesday, and everyone's all upset about this on in the comments on BleedingGreenNation.com. How, how dare you, first of all? How dare you? <laughs> is, is Sam Bradford just didn't look good. And, again, it's one day, so I'm not saying, like, the Eagles should cut him. Although I'm not not saying that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, it was just a rough day. He had, I think, almost four interceptions. I think I think he almost had – I couldn't tell if the one Michael Kendricks had or not was dropped. But just generally, he wasn't really making great decisions from what I can tell. Again, it's hard to really always judge because I don't know if he's making you know the right read and everything. He could, he could be making a good throw or whatever, but the wide receiver is running the wrong route. It could be that kind of thing. But for the most part, it just you – know, I didn't get the sense that he looked all that great. Uh, we're going to talk about it a little bit later about Wentz and, and Bradford and everything. I think, you know, Wentz, again, sometimes he really stands out. He makes some really good throws. He had a really, really good deep pass to undrafted free agent rookie receiver Xavier Rush. Uh, Wentz's former teammate, CJ Smith, who also went to North Dakota State, had the defense on that play. It was really good defense, too, but it was, it was a tight uh, tight pass tight coverage down the field and and Wentz really nailed it in there so you, you kind of just you look at those things and and then there's also mistakes like Wentz threw a couple passes that got it batted down at the line of scrimmage and things like that so you're kind of looking for just the you know the glimpses of what you see there and then on, lastly the last thing about quarterbacks is I think Chase Daniel has honestly looked the best out of everyone so far and at least in terms of a consistent basis he's just been really solid haven't really noticed a lot of mistakes but I guess that's what you would expect out of a guy who kind of has a heads up and advantage in the offense. And I forgot to remind the listeners that we'll have uh, Jeff Mosier coming up in just a little bit because we actually talked about that uh, back and forth this afternoon, along with uh, just a little teaser as he clarifies some of the running back comments that PFT uh, came around and, and blew up. And we'll get to uh, him in just a little bit here, Matt. But that's kind of I, I guess there's that, that for me, Matt, it's so hard. I think we went through this last year, too, where you just have look Sanchez look sharp. Right. Sanchez looked sharp in in training camp and Bradford did it coming off an ACL. It's kind of the same scenario here. Chase Daniel, the guy that knows the offense. Sanchez was a guy that knew the offense last year. I, that's why as much as Brandon is uh, is saying those things and and Chase Daniel looked probably the best in this. Again, I think it's just a, a yearly conversation that we need to have is. Even pre, even when you get into preseason, you're you're still not sure. Obviously, if who's what capabilities of uh, of these three guys that are going to end up doing it here. But um, do you take any comments with I don't know De Filippo and 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 Reich and even Jim Schwartz at some point has kind of been saying like or hinting towards or pushing towards you know don't don't count when when's out. Sam's a guy, but it's an open competition thing. Uh, there's there seems to be a lot more rosy stories with. Bradford and with uh, with Wentz that's been happening since kind of uh, he's been drafted here. You taking any anything from any of the comments or any of the uh, observations from uh, the people that are down at OTAs? Uh, well, I guess my first question is if knowing the offense is supposed to be such a big you know advantage for Chase Daniel, how much of the offense do you really think they're running in seven on seven drills? You know, in, in no <laughs> yeah. contact drills. Like, do you think that like you know? I don't know. I I sort of think that that might be overstated. If anything, it's probably more of a comfort thing. You know, Daniel is maybe just a more comfortable guy. 
you know, maybe he's just good practice player. Maybe they're not really asking a lot, but I do sort of think that's funny when people are like, oh, well, you know, Daniel knows the offense. And you know what? I bet that really pays off in the meeting room. I know I mean that unironically. I bet in the meeting room, he's like a huge, you know, benefit for certainly Wentz and then probably for Bradford as well. But like out in the practice field, I'm not really sure how much that matters. I guess that the bigger takeaway and don't make, make no mistake. I'm not saying that Chase Daniel is like somehow finally turned that corner here at his age 31 season. Uh, but I do think that, um, uh, well, I do think that's funny. Uh, as to your other question, I don't know. I mean, Andy was sort of, and this was something that we, we knew we could count on from Andy was that he was like, you know, all about, um, uh, just supporting his guys until he didn't, you know, and I, and I'll never forget, <laughs> yeah. I'll never forget the like, Oh, you know, Mike Vick comes in in that Green Bay game and they almost win. And then, you know, after Kevin Cobb goes down and, you know, Andy's like, oh, it's 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 Mike Vick. Uh, it's, you know, Mike's the backup and he's happy to be here. And Kevin's the guy. Kevin's the guy. And that Jacksonville game comes. And then it was what was it, Detroit next, I think. Boy, yeah, Detroit was last time. Yeah. Yeah. So, so weird that I remember this. Um, but anyway, so I completely forgot that Jacksonville was in between. There, yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah. So well, so right. So, you know, and he's just like, oh, Kevin's the guy. And then it's like, well. Nope. Uh, no, we're going with Mike, like two, actually. Yeah, t- two days before the game happened. <laughs> yeah. like, actually, yeah. uh, he's been playing on a high level. So, yeah, like just completely. So, I mean, I guess I guess some people might call that lying. Um, <laughs> but I guess that's the sort of thing that we should probably start to expect. Uh, I have a I have I mean, I assume that there's a reason that they lie. And I assume that, like, you know, the players don't really mind. That, you know, I guess uh, I guess if a guy's going to lose his job, the, you know, it'd be nice to, like, get some public support right up until that happens. So I don't know. I have no idea. But, uh, I, I you know, I think that if Wentz is going to start I, and I think that if the, the, the rumblings that are out there are that he could be starting, you know, the bye week. A lot of people have sort of circled their calendar for that. I think that's certainly possible. I mean, we don't really know how far along he is, but. You know, also, how much farther along is he going to be in a year of just sitting in a uh, in a meeting room and nodding while, you know, they go back over what Sam did and didn't do correctly? Or, um, you know, if Chase Daniel ends up being the guy, what he did and didn't do correctly. And I don't know. I'm, I'm just not really sure. Uh, actually, I'm not really sure where I stand on that at all. But uh, I certainly think that can't rule it out. Certainly not based on what they're saying. Yeah, for sure. And that's that's kind of how I take those comments, too, is just. As much as Doug and Howie and even Jeff probably came out initially and said like, "Look, Sam's our guy," and blah blah blah. It's all it's all PR. We all know we understand that. Like we know that they, if if Wentz has a shot at this thing, well, I don't know. I shouldn't say that either because they supposedly they want to stick to, uh, we we want to let him sit and grow and do all that stuff, which is which is perfectly fine for a few games here or seven eight games and whatever. I just again I don't really see him sitting for the entire year nor do i want him to but i tell you what we'll get back more into this we sat down with uh, jeff Mosier earlier today uh pft blew blew him up and twitter blew up yesterday a couple days ago whenever you're listening to this because jeff Mosier supposedly had hinted and said the eagles are not done at running back and they're gonna find a new guy here so uh, let's talk to the prettiest man in radio uh, jeff Mosier. Uh, what is happening sir what is going on with this the running back situation and uh, what did you mean by uh, that they are not done yet? <laughs> Thank you for giving me the uh, platform to do so <laughs> yes. after my app mentions blew up yesterday. Um, yeah. I, I, I have a term in the industry, and I love pro football talk, Mike Florio, a friend of mine, but sometimes you get PFT'd in that you say something and then it gets uh, distorted through 140 characters on Twitter. So <laughs> I was asked yesterday during the PFT Live interview 
about the running back situation. Obviously, Sproles isn't there. Uh, Ryan Matthews. It was really about Kenyon Barner. Can he fit in and be the guy? Because obviously, Kenyon has high expectations of himself. So I was asked about an overall assessment. And what I said was, I just, I'm concerned about their depth here, probably as much as I am linebacker. Um, Ryan Matthews is always hurt. You can't really rely on him to be a bell cow guy. Wendell Smallwood's a rookie. Most of those guys, uh, especially low round draft picks in West coast offenses. We saw with Ryan Motes. We saw it with other guys who struggle to pick up blitzes and um, you want them. That, that's a, you know, that's a big thing, especially it was for Andy Reid and, you know, rookies have to learn that. So, you don't, if, if Ryan Matthews were to get hurt, you don't want to be leaning on Wendell Smallwood and maybe Kenyon Barner, who is still has to prove that he's a running back in this league. So knowing that running back is um, a fairly easy position to replenish come waiver wire to cut down date. And a lot of teams do wind up cutting some pretty decent players at that position. I felt, I said that I, it wouldn't surprise me if the Eagles made a move around the cut down date to bring in a guy. And if that guy wound up playing a pretty prominent role for the Eagles and the way Ryan Matthews gets hurt, that guy could wind up leading the team in rushing. So somehow that turned into a tweet saying that I think the starting running back for the Eagles is on another team right now, which is not the case. The starting running back is Ryan Matthews. We all know he gets hurt a lot. There's a couple of teams, Kansas city and the jets in particular who have four pretty good running backs. And most teams don't keep four pretty good running backs. So, uh, and I'm, those are just two teams off the top of my head. Wouldn't surprise me if there were other teams um, around the league that come cut down, they have to, you know, get rid of a running back that can find a, a good home with the Eagles. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. And I think, um, I think Thank you. You, that, that that's right on. I mean, I, I would, I still, I still feel uncomfortable about the running back position and you, you nailed it. Like, you know, small, Smallwood is not going to be the guy, at least this year, kind of moving into it. Maybe he sees a few carries, can't rely on basically everything he said. It, that, that's right. And would you expect a trade to come, though, at all? Or are you thinking that this is just more of uh, whoever's best available on the, the cut-down days? You know, it kind of depends on the player. Um, for example, you know, let's go to Kansas City. We know they have Jamal, uh, Jamal Charles. Charles coming back from an injury. The two guys who really led the way for them when Jamal got hurt last year were Spencer Ware and Sir Kendrick West. You have to think that they've got, they earned themselves trips back on the team along with Jamal. So that's three, which kind of makes Niall Davis their odd man out. He's a good returner. Niall Davis, probably a better returner so far than, than a running back in his Chiefs career. He was a draft pick for them. They did have high hopes. He could be a guy that, you know, if he gets cut, then you kind of got a jockey for with other teams throughout the waiver wire. Or you can do what the Eagles have done in the past, and that's kind of you know either trade a really low conditional draft pick for him, um, or trade a player that's expendable at one of the positions that the Eagles have, uh, which would probably only be quarterback the way they've got. Uh, but, so that's not going to happen. But uh, they're not really deep in a whole lot of other positions. So, uh, but you know, you never know. I mean, l- listen, the Eagles we we joke about their cornerback situation, corner, but they have like nine guys who are yeah. competing. Um, and some of them have played, you know, Jalen Watkins, Ron Brooks, Leotis McKelvin, Eric Rowe, Nolan Carroll. They were high on the kid Denzel Rice last year. They have Randall. I mean, it means Corey Shepard could come back. One of those kids could have a pretty decent camp and just not good enough to make the team. 
and you wind up doing a cornerback for running back trade. That wouldn't shock me at all. Yeah, it was one of the weirdest narratives that actually still kind of continues is like, you know, the depth is there. If you needed to trade Jalen Watkins for a running back, I'm sure that you could find find room for you him. You could do everything... it yesterday. Yeah, right. exactly. To me, it makes perfect sense that, that if there's a guy who, you know, like again, Zach Stacy to me could be the odd man out of the Jets. Uh, is he good enough where you give up a, you know, a six-string corner? Maybe, you know, yeah. or you may just wait. Just wait and see. Yeah, uh, but I, I agree. I don't think they're done there uh, either. And, the, you know, speaking of the quarterbacks, again, that's we're always kind of focused on that. Um, I guess that they're – I don't know if we're – and speaking of getting, of getting PFT'd, I mean, uh, Matt Lombardo, first of all, keeps getting, like, picked up by him, which is uh, astounding. And then secondly, he has the same kind of throwaway line, and then everybody kind of runs with it, where it's just kind of like, yeah, I think at this point Wentz looks more comfortable – but we'll see. It's OTAs. We'll have to wait and see how. And then the next thing, you know, because I even commented on like Rotowire was posting like, D- does Carson Wentz know the offense better than Wentz? Question mark. And like, it's just like runs to the hills. So I'm sure he got some of the, the same Twitter hate there. But um, aside from all that, I mean, at the end of the day, the guy that knows the offense the best is Chase Daniel. And like, this is the kind of thing that we saw last year, too. Granted, you know. Uh, Bradford was coming and recovering from the ACL and all that stuff. But Mark Sanchez looked, quote unquote, sharp in OTAs and then until you got in the preseason and everything. So, again, is this just kind of a reminder of these these things kind of take time? We still really don't know anything about OTAs. But from the comments of DiFilippo and all that, maybe it's a positive sign that he has the, the, the offense down or whatever. No, I think, I think it's a reminder of, um, and I feel like we have to have this reminder every single year. Yeah. I'm not quite sure why anymore, but it's a reminder that OTAs are just OTAs, you know, and training camp is just training camp. Remember last training camps in Bradford was a combination of Dan Marino and John Elway. Okay. <laughs> so we just, you know, I, I, I don't think, Sam Bradford should be really far behind in this kind of West coast offense. It's probably not too much different than the one he had uh, for his first two years in the league under Pat Shermer. You have to think that there are a lot of similarities there being that they're both from the Andy Reid tree. Um, It's obviously a lot different than chips offense though. So in some regard, it is a clean slate for all the quarterbacks except for chase Daniel. And the funny thing to me, John, is that nobody's talking about chase Daniel. And if you had asked me to tell you, say right now, who I think would be the quarterback most likely to start the most games this year, I lean toward 50, 50 on Bradford and Daniel, because yeah. if Bradford gets hurt, which he does, Daniel is the man. It's not going to be Wentz. I, I hope people just understand that it's not going to be Wentz. There's a reason they gave Daniel a three year, $21 million contract, despite having like all of 60 passes in the NFL. They like him. They want him in there if he has to be in there. And he will be the guy in there if Sam Bradford either gets hurt or struggles miserably. I think this is all a process they have, and they're sticking to it. And that that they showed you they're sticking to their process by pretty much welcoming back Sam with open arms after the childish two-week two holdout he pulled. They had all the – they could have then right then and there made it an even competition and said, you know what, Sam, you know, you did this to us. We're going to do this to you. Now we're going to re- make it a real competition. No. They're just sticking to their plan. Yeah, they made sure to kind of do damage control. And now the stories, that's what I'm saying, now the stories are coming out. I was like, oh, Bradford's huddling around the team and taking everybody to San Diego for you know, passing camps with Sproles and Ertz and everybody else is already yeah, he forgot to bring. He, got, he, forgot, he forgot to bring Sproles back with him. <laughs> <laughs> that's all he's got to do left. Yeah, him and, uh, you know, dial up, uh, make a round trip and take a little road trip down to the south to pick up Fletcher too because – uh, by the way, I mean, like, is, is, is there anything that's moving on either of those things? This is basically 
uh, with Sproles' case, it's just like it's he's a veteran and he's kind of towards the end of his career, so I, I get that. But uh, the Fletcher thing I th- still think is on people's minds, even though we know he's probably not going anywhere. Is this just kind of uh, making sure it, it's like a deal possible still before training camp hits? Oh, I think a deal will always be possible until, um, you know, until and when it's not possible, we still have plans coming out um, saying a whole lot. I think a deal is possible, but I don't think Fletcher Cox shows up until it's done. Yeah, I, and I think that's kind of where it's at, too, so. Uh, which is a good sign, I guess. Like that means they're still they're still working on it, and we'll see. Uh, everybody overreact to Fletcher Cox getting quarterback money, but uh, Jeff Mosier from uh, Eagle Scouting, that's of course ninety seven five the fanatic. We thank you as always, my friend. We'll catch you next week. All right, Johnny. Thanks, Jeff. We appreciate it as always, bud. And again, okay, so he clarified it. He got the he got the bump. The uh, shocking that Mike Florio took. Uh, something and made it out of context, which is, has been happening a lot this week. We mentioned uh, the Lombardo thing, too, here, BLG, where, you know, he had, I think it was just, like I said, it was just kind of a throwaway line there, and then all of a sudden, like, Rotowire picks it up, and PFT picks it up, and everything else, and now it's just kind of like this huge, like, oh, my God, when snows the offense better than Bradford, <laughs> it just be, kind of becomes a thing here, but... uh yeah, I don't know. What do you? This it's the off season, right? I mean, this is just kind of this is what happens. People react to basically everything and try and make a headline out of it. Right. Yeah, that line was on like the seventh page of a nine, and the bottom of a seventh page on like a nine-page slideshow on NJ.com. And no disrespect to Matt, uh, I I just don't even know how you even really gauge fully how how Bradford would have less of a sense than offense of a of a good you know grip of the offense than Wentz at this point. I just think it's it's way too early. I mean, the media at the time the article was written, we only had two open practices available to the media. So, uh, you know, it's, it's it's a really small sample size we're working with here. Uh I honestly get the sense again that I think Chase Daniel has looked the best, but that's to be expected, and it's it's nothing that he's doing that's blowing you away either. I think, at, as I've said this too, at his best, Sam Bradford is making the best throws when he's consistently at his best, but he's just been overall just not that impressive to me, although Frank Reich apparently is raving about him now. I don't know if that's an overcorrection <laughs> for the comments he made last week, but he, he really went out this week, and apparently he made some really Filippo uh, too, actually. Filippo's <laughs> calling him the best natural passer that he's ever worked with. Yeah. And- all this other stuff, yeah. So it's just kind of, you know. It's June. Uh, I think we're we're yeah we're June and July is going to get even worse because there's really nothing to talk about then. So uh, creative ideas, bring them forward. We'll do any type of show, uh, and we promise we will limit ourselves on Sixers talk unless something kind of crazy happens. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I, that's kind of I, the, the running back thing is is kind of interesting. Basically, Jeff is just to reiterate was just saying like yeah he understands that. The, the Ryan Matthews is going to get injured. And when he's, you're looking around the league, that they're definitely going to pick somebody up at uh, it's somewhere. Kansas City makes sense. The Jets make sense. I get all that. Um, do you think, Matt, that they're going to kind of go down that avenue here? Um, and to, w- would you really? I mean, I think they absolutely need to. Yeah, I do. Um, I mean, I guess what what all that was was a kind of an educated guess. But um yeah, I mean, I wouldn't surprise me at all. I mean, the, even just talking about you just need you need another body, right? Uh, even if it's a guy who you end up cutting, you know, and then maybe he could be the first one that you give a call to when you need to put someone on IR or when somebody, you know, something happens. Uh, I think that 
they would not surprise me at all to see them go off campus a little bit here and and try to find a new guy and and i really think that they should what do they have they have you know uh i guess they have four guys on the roster who are like anything um and that's got to make them a little bit nervous especially you know darren sproles hasn't shown up yet and uh uh, Ryan Matthews is always hurt and Kenyon Barner's got, you know, 35 career carries or whatever he has. And, uh, Wendell Smallwood's just a rookie. I mean, you know, if you're talking about like going out there and finding, you know, you might be talking like a veteran route, uh, you know, like Thomas Jones or no, that's a joke, but you know, some, somebody, <laughs> so, you know, if you're talking about like the veteran route, like, uh, you know, I hesitate to throw out names, especially because I hate veterans and playing the veteran game, but you know, that would probably be uh, understandable. Or if you're talking about, you know, just doing that back of the roster churn that Howie got so comfortable with, um, you know, just pulling in somebody else's sixth round pick from last year that they that they gave the old heave ho to, or whatever the case may be, just trying to come up with like basically a fifth guy, you know, and um, and even if they do eventually cut him, I think that like we've seen that with you know Julian Vanderbilt is a good example, but you know the guy that they like have on speed dial that they're like, hey, you know, like you're up kid like come on back you know if it's a practice squad candidate or you know a quasi practice squad candidate oh speaking of which Matthew Tucker uh he should be coming around there you pretty go. soon yeah so like that so somebody like that like a like a Matthew Tucker type uh wouldn't really surprise me at all to see them going and and I and I do I agree I think they need to uh well let, with that being said I guess let's get into the mailbag here gents cuz uh, and we'll talk about the the, the, the Nick Foles situation towards the end here. But we want to answer all your your questions here first. Our good friend Matt Gumbrecht has a couple here. Um, as unlikely as it is, BLG, what would Carson Wentz have to do to win the starting job out of training camp? I think it's really simple. I just think he has to play so well. <laughs> Again, this is very simple. All you have to do is be perfect. Now, I, I honestly think <laughs> that's what it is going to take, though. I think it, it's going to take, like... A uh, really good performance from him, and I think both Chase Daniel and Sam Bradford would have to be pretty bad. So I don't think it's likely. Uh, I disagree. Matt? I um, okay. I think the tie goes to the rookie. I think that that's you know pretty common knowledge that like, uh, and I, and I'm not saying that this is that this is likely, uh, but that it seems to me that if Sam Bradford and Carson Wentz are both playing approximately as well, what do you really gain by playing Bradford instead of Wentz? I mean, I guess there's this like sort of nebulous concept of you know, giving him time or pressure or blah, blah, blah. But I think it would just as well mess with him if he's like, man, I know I'm playing just as well as that guy. And like, why aren't I not, why am I like, why am I not out there? So um, I think that the tie goes to the rookie. Um, that, that being said, I don't really think that, like, I don't really think that he's being probably given every opportunity. Um, but I mean, he might be, uh, but I, 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 as far as specifics, Matt, and Matt's a delight, by the way. I want to give a shout out to him. He's awesome. At the end of the uh, at the end of the draft party, he offered to buy us all around, and we were all like exhausted, <laughs> and we were like, no. Let's do some shots, and we were like, I can barely move. Yeah, I felt I felt really bad about that though. So, but he's the one that was drove like an hour and a half to get there, and we only had like thirty minutes to go home. Yeah, sorry. I got to lift it. I got to lift it to my mouth. I don't know. Um, so, uh, as far as specifics go, I mean, just have a great preseason, you know, really dominate in the, in the film room. And, uh, I would think that those would probably be the two things. And unfortunately we're not really privy to that second one, but I would sense that that's where this job will be won and lost is in the film room and whether or not he can get it. But I really wouldn't look for anything until week three, uh, week three of the preseason anyway. 
what I want to happen is is what Matt is describing here. So, like, I think if he does all those things, he will absolutely do it. I don't, in, in, as for me, the fan, I don't want him playing more, or I don't want Bradford playing more than four or five games this year. That's what I would hope, and not because of injury, just because of, like, yeah, it's really not, I mean, there's really going to be no difference either way if he, if, if he go in and out. I think the reality of it, and Mosier touched on it as well, I just don't, I, I don't think it's going to happen. I, I think you are going to see Chase Daniel before you see Carson Wentz. I think they want to ease him along, and... In some regards, I think that's good. But if he if he has a, a grasp of this thing, if they're really buying what they're selling us right now and saying, hey, you know, he's really a lot farther along on uh, where we thought he would be on reading defenses, on the speed of the game, on some of those things that are out there. And if he continues to excel at that, then there's no reason. That's why I'm saying there's no real reason uh, to, to hold the reins back on him. If you believe enough in your offensive line, if if Brooks is really going to solidify that, if it's, if it's just a, even if it's just a little better than last year, it was like okay in some spots and uh, abysmal in others. Carson Wentz has the mobility to kind of move around. You got to get him used to that, the clock in his head, all that stuff. I want to see him on the field as much as possible, but I'm kind of leaning towards Jeff, where I, I just don't think you see it as much. And Vegas says the same thing. They haven't budged. That three and a half hasn't budged at all, but we'll definitely be keeping an eye on it. Matt, we'll stick with you. Uh, Matt, uh, Mr. Gumbrick's second question What is the biggest position on the Eagles uh heading with uh, the weakest position heading into the season oh well, I guess we already touched on that too but I have to say running back right I, I can't really I mean I think I guess you could make a case for linebacker but I think they have some you know they're they're have some top end starters there uh even if you know the guys behind him Najee good and then you know really nobody uh but I I'd have to say and I guess you could also make the case for guard although now it seems like they've just got a lot of okay guards but um <laughs> I, I mean, you, I think you'd, I'd have to go with running back. It is um, it is very sort of disconcerting to think that like we could be back into the to the time of just having a sort of nominal running game, you know, where it's like, well, you know, and I guess really wouldn't be that different from last year, but we're just like, say, yeah. we, well, we're, okay, <laughs> like let's just run because if we stop running entirely, like that's bad. But you know, let's just like like sort of like bunting just give away a down here yeah he's a but yard and a half point, Matt, i mean the eagles have good they've had such good running backs for so long and that's that's like why it's so weird too because we had like what shady westbrook we've had all these guys and now it's just like no one <laughs> yeah and and that's where and i would kind of say that is and i would probably a close second or a 1b is going to be your linebacking core uh despite hicks being there and in in Kendrick's being there, I'm still kind of I, I think that would be like the second thing I would jump to. Is you guys agree with that at all? Or what do you think the, the next one after running backs would be there, BLG? Uh wide receiver for me. I mean uh, yeah, you're probably right. I mean you yeah. look at this offense Yikes. as a whole and there's not a ton that's really impressing. And I think, you know, Jordan Matthews is I like Jordan Matthews. I think he's good, but I don't really think you know, if, if Jordan Matthews is your best wide receiver by a lot. I mean, like, that's not very encouraging. I think, you know, Aguilar has looked really good this spring, and there's going to be a lot of hype around him, and he's healthy and all of this. And, again, I like Aguilar, too, but I just think he was so bad last year to expect him to be, like, really good all of a sudden just isn't necessarily realistic. And and he also looked really good at this time last spring. Like, I don't know if people remember that, but he was, like, really good in, in OTAs, like, really good, and that's why everyone's so excited about him. And then, he, of course, he had that play in – in uh, like the the Colts Eagles game first in game yeah yeah but like <laughs> that was great than, let's talk about that yeah seriously <laughs> other than like those it was so things, good like he wasn't really all that great in training camp 
and obviously the season was even worse. So I'm really not expecting a ton out of him. And then Huff, I think I wrote this, and I think I might have said it in last week's podcast. I am really just – I think Huff could get cut. I don't think he will because he's probably the only team's great option or best option at kick returner. But I just think in terms of if he didn't have that ability, I think it, it's possible he could just get cut. So I'm really not encouraged by this group. I think, you know, Ruben Randall might end up as your third guy. I think – Chris Givens has looked good in the spring, and we kind of made fun of that a couple episodes ago. But really, just not a stellar group there. Yeah, I, I, I you know, it, it kind of just all of a for like a week and a half, it seemed like, oh yeah, Chris Givens, that's a deep threat. He's real, he's real good now. <laughs> it's like guys, I mean, that's because they you know, had he's, nothing since Deshaun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's you know, they bring him back right after exactly. he gets cut yeah. this year. Just bring on, bring him on back. <laughs> uh, the running back situation too is this. I just want to say this. This is why, to me, and I, I don't want to get back into like a huge running back debate and value and all that stuff. You, it, it's a problem, and you got to find one. But don't it, never sell me on running back by committee, like ever again. I never want to hear that ever again. As far as like, actually, that's a better option than having a bell cow. Now, it doesn't work that way. You can need a rotation in there, but you need a guy that's gonna like 60 percent of the carries. And this is the problem that that's been going. Just like the, both guys were saying here, you know, like. You have, you had DeMarco Murray, that didn't work, and then you're going to go into the same thing this year with with a bag of bones here. It's kind of like the same thing with the guards as Matt was talking about. You have a lot of them, but none of them are going to be Well, I don't even think we have a lot of running backs. No, well, there's, what, four of them, right? That's it. I mean, the, and I mean, they got some guys, they right? Don't they have one. some bodies? They have uh, one undrafted free agent like Cedric O'Neill, but he's like, he wasn't oh, even yeah. like ranked by CBS Sports. He's that low of a prospect. Whoa. <laughs> and then they had Denzel Rice number eight hundred last year. That's true. Um, That's right. But uh, he made and, they, the list. And, they, and they have the Oregon guy too, right? Um, oh yeah, Marshall. Name? But he's not oh, here. Well, that's the yeah, problem. That's, yeah, he's yeah. not going to be yeah. here till like training camp or maybe. And, or but camp but I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like I feel like with guard, like one of them's going to be okay. And if not, like all three of them could maybe be okay. You know, if one of them gets hurt. <laughs> but I don't sure. really. I in, guess in spurts. Yeah. I, and I guess I guess I mean running back's a different thing. Like a running back, he's like he's like got to do it. Um, you know, like the guard's not going to like cobble together like an okay game um, just because of the, the natures of the position. But ugh, I don't know. Yeah. And, and I and that's and that's what. Yeah. They got to do something right. They they can't. Yeah. And, and they will. I mean, and not, it's, it's not like and the, the other thing, too, is like we we can say that. Yeah, they need they need more depth there. But Zach Stacy isn't going to or Nile Davis isn't going <laughs> to be like, oh, OK, great. Now we're yeah, now that's we're good. <laughs> You know, so it, it's just going to be a weird, it's just going to be a weird year again at running back. And you're just going to expect that you're going to get like the same things. Like you know somebody, Ryan do? Matthews will do well and then get hurt. And then you move on to the next guy. They should trade for a guy who sits behind a good guy, you know, because how good could that guy be? You know, who backs yeah, up Adrian <laughs> Peterson? I bet he's incredible. You know, uh, Mike Stata or whatever, that's right? The, like, that's the Tom Brady backup theory. Um, yeah. Yeah. And the Cowboys did that last year, and that worked out really well. Really, really uh, well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, all right, moving on. So uh, this is from uh, William Two Goham with two M's. Who starts at CB one, and who starts at CB two? Brandon Lee Gowden. CB. Well, I don't know if I say one and two. I just look at them at the same. But I Who are think the two starters. Yeah, I think Eric Rowe has to be one of them. I think he really played well overall down the stretch. There were some obviously some struggles, but I think you, know, you look at those the Patriots game and the Bills game, and he kind of just kept his guys quiet almost like the entire game. You almost forgot he was on the field. That's how good he was. And the Otis McKelvin man, I'm 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 
pumping. I'm I'm the official Yotas McKelvin hype man. You know, it's 90 degrees out <laughs> at practice, and this dude is wearing long sleeves and long pants. I mean, this guy, he makes plays. I mean, he was a former first-round pick. Jim Schwartz really talked about him glowingly. Uh, he's gotten pretty much all the first-team reps on the outside, I think. You know, some people might expect Nolan Carroll to come back, but Carroll still hasn't been cleared fully for team drills. So I think, I think McKelvin is the guy, and I think he's going to surprise people. I think he's going to be a little bit better than expected. You think the same there, Matt? Sure. Okay, we'll move along uh, to Michael uh, Simonson. I hope I'm uh, pronouncing that right. And speaking of that, will there'll be more more zone or man from Jim Schwartz in his scheme, uh, Matt? I'm, I mean, like I think this is pretty. pretty easy. You're going to see a ton of man. That's uh, that's basically I think how he operates. That's why I think he likes Eric Rose so much. And I agree with BLG for the most part. I could still see Nolan Carroll. Uh, taking over that spot, or they just kind of rotate depending on what kind of packages are in there. But uh, I would, I would say, I would say that uh, that's going to be man coverage ninety uh, percent of the time. Uh, sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess, I guess that's it. Sure. Yep. Uh, I'm very agreeable today. I um, I mean, that's the book on him, right? And I don't really see any reason. Like, there's not like any pressing personnel issues that I think would cause him to to stray from his his plan too much. I guess the thing that might be interesting is seeing, you know, what sorts of things that the safeties end up doing. You know, we know that running that running that wide nine, the safeties oftentimes had to play run fits. And I think Malcolm Jenkins is pretty comfortable with that. And Rodney McLeod seems like he is too. But uh, that might be kind of interesting just to see what that is. But as far as, you know, um, minding minding their lanes and, and if they did have, you know, primary run responsibility. But uh, he also seems like he's too smart for something like that. So um, that should be that should be interesting. But as far as zoner man goes, I mean, everybody will mix it up. But yeah, uh, I guess I'm sort of interested to see how often they stay in sub package. Um, yeah. That was sort of one thing that, that I was thinking about. You know, they talk about we have those four pass rushers and, and I guess I might argue with Connor Barwin's not that good, but. Um, I think that that would probably be an interesting thing schematically just to see like, you know, Greg Cosell is so fond of saying that last year that they have spent like 60% of the time in sub package, not just the Eagles league wide. So, you know, I wonder where the Eagles will fall along there if they're really going to try to like get their four best pass rushers on the field at one time, you know, Benny Logan goes and grabs some pine, but, um, that should be a lot of fun to, to keep an eye on. It's interesting too because you can't. Why would we call that sub package at that point if you're running sixty percent? Well, that's, that's nickel like, and hey, that's dime. I think they still play the most time in base. Okay, you know. Uh, yeah. Did, uh, moving on to uh, the trackside boy. Uh, how does uh, Bradham impact the linebacker position? BLG. I think he gives you a pretty solid starter. I think, you know, uh, he's kind of undervalued in the sense that he kind of had a down year in Buffalo last year with Rex Ryan in the 3-4. The I think people kind of forget how good of a player he was. And this kind of almost goes for any of the former Bills players that Jim Schwartz brought in uh, back in 2014. So I think, you know, that's – he's he. I'm not going to say he's going to be your best linebacker because I think, you know, Jordan Hicks at his best. And I think, you know, Michael Kendrick's – is erratic, but when he's playing really well, he's pretty good too. But I think, you know, he's just a guy who comes in and starts right, right away and he's reliable and he knows the scheme. And I just think, you know, that's a, that's a good solid addition right there. Nothing, nothing like super, not like a superstar, nothing like super flashy, but just like a good quality starter at linebacker. Yeah. And I don't see anything as far as 
as far as that goes. Like I, I, I just kind of see him as a rotational guy with him and good, just kind of like what Brandon was saying. I think there's a little bit of upside there. I, I think most of his impact comes again from being pretty comfortable with uh, with Schwartz's defense. Any uh, thoughts on uh, on that, Matt? No, you guys summed it up great. Great job, everyone. Uh, well, we'll leave you this. The, the second follow-up to, do you have any worries uh, with McLeod's height at all? No, I can't imagine that that's something that worries me. Um, His range is too good. I think that kind of makes up for how tall yeah, he is. Yeah, and I think that, and I mean, we've seen that that doesn't, that doesn't really matter. And, and anyway, I mean, if this is the sort of thing you're into, he can really lay the wood. It doesn't matter that he's not six foot three. He can, like, he can really, you know, bring some pain. Um, and you know, he's 200 pounds or thereabouts. He's, he's big enough to hold up against anybody. So, um, yeah, no, I have, I got no concerns about Rodney McLeod and, and what kind of player he is. Uh, last one from the mailbag from J.R. Willis. Will Howie sign linebacker Donald Butler or wait until Stephen Tulloch is released? Well, I can tell you this so far. Uh, Donald Butler is not going to get a contract from anybody this year. No. <laughs> because I, I don't know if anybody remembers this, and I can't remember if it was – I think it was this year. I think it was yeah. the, It was a Monday night football game uh, against the – It was. Uh, I think it was the Bears. There, I mean, like, I didn't see that guy tackle once, and I remember a vine going around where he just kind of stood there in a goal line package and didn't tackle anybody. This is how much that guy sucks. San Diego – uh, I think took about twenty million dollars in dead cap to get rid of him. I still saved him a, like nine million in there. For the next three years, they're they're ha- they're going to have cap money on the books because of that guy. Like, Kevin Easy the- ripped him. The, uh, the oh, San that's Diego right. Union Tribune reporter. That's right. I, I I forgot about that. He's basically say yeah, like he said he was stealing money or yeah. whatever. He's never seen it. And then felony I think fraud. He- yeah, and I think he has the reputation of like as a reporter never doing any of that type of stuff at all. Right. Yeah. So like that that kind of tells you stuff too. Uh, Stephen Tulloch, sure, why not? I I think that's been he's been the truest eagle since forever since 2010. Of like, how can you get a, a middle linebacker in here? Uh, so yeah, I I think there would be I don't know would there be moderate interest in in signing that guy? I don't I don't know what kind of money he would garnish here right now, uh, Matt. Uh, I don't think he'll come here because he wants to play, and I don't really see how he plays. You know? Yeah, especially with Hicks here. Yeah, yeah exactly. and there's and no there's reason to play teams. him over Hicks. And Right, okay. And I don't know. Can he still play special teams? He's always sort of squatty. Can he, like, fly? Can he, you know, do all the things he needs to do? I'm not sure. I'm not sure that it's just not a good match, uh, I think. Uh, oh, I forgot. There was a, there is a couple more in here. This is from uh, Jesse Burnham, or, or Burnbrom, excuse me. Is this uh, Jason Peters last year with the Eagles? And if so, who else will probably be gone after this BLG? I don't even want to think about that. I, I you know, Jason <laughs> Peters, he's the man. Um, easily could be because he's what turning thirty six after this season. I think they can easily cut him. Uh, it, it's kind of a, I don't want to see the Eagles really cut Jason Peters. That just doesn't feel right. I kind of hope it goes out on a way where he can just retire. So that's all I'm going to say about that. As far as other guys who are going to be gone. I, I haven't even looked ahead yet. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, none. Well, John Dorenbos might be gone. He's, he's getting that's, up yeah, there. That's a good, uh, Donnie yeah, that's Jones, a name to, too. Donnie yeah, Jones I think is the, pretty old. I think this Maybe. is Dorenbos's last year. Actually, yeah, I think I, last year was Dorenbos's last year. Because there is a there is a long snapper that they signed, right? And they gave him some money, yeah. too. I, mean, I think DeBongo, that they were serious about it. Yeah. Yeah, so that's uh, that's a good name to keep an eye on. I think Barwin's probably on that list, too. Yep. I think Brian Matthews is on that list. Uh, there's a couple other names that could be could be spouting out there but yeah i just i kind of 
I'm uh, not not actually in that mode either, just like BLG said. Well, I, I tell you what, we uh, well the one guy and see where the, <laughs> the, the Jesus is is uh, chiming in here saying more kicker talk because I know you guys went heavy on that, which is interesting. But so far, I did. Caleb's kind of looking like he want he doesn't want his job taken away in OTA. So that's that. It is kind of being a uh, being uh, a little bit of an inter- interesting development there, BLG. I mean, he's still kind of hung strong with the last practice that you saw here, right? Yeah, I think he's just been more consistent overall. And again, I, I, I caution that with the fact that Cody Parkey couldn't even participate in the first OTA. So he's still coming back from injury. I don't know if he's, you know, 100% fully and, and, and unrusty and everything like that. But I, for now, I would put Sturgis slightly ahead of Parkey. Uh, and yeah, man, I, I just can't. Uh, what was it? The Indianapolis game uh, last year when he didn't he tear his groin and still was able to kick a, a 50-yard field a Jets game. That's right. So that's a man right there. Three places, right, in the in yeah. the groin area. So uh, how about that? Well, I, I tell you what, we, we thank you uh, for all the mailbag questions. We're going to keep doing this each and every week because uh, we like uh, hearing about what you guys are thinking about. So uh, final thoughts uh, from you, BLG. Two things. First thing is there's an article on some Cowboys – site i don't know what their name is i i've never heard of this site before but they they have some article about how uh because the eagles may have we don't even know this for sure but the speculation was that the eagles were kind of simulating the cowboys offense for and this wasn't like an extended thing it was just like a couple plays during practice that somehow this means the cowboys are a team to be feared and they're this amazing team and so the the, the delusion in dallas is as high as ever and the second thing i wanted to say is I think, guys, we had a good episode. This was a pretty good show. Not too bad for a, a podcast that sounds too professional. <laughs> That's right. The uh, shout out to the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast for saying that uh, it sounds too good and it's distracting. And then went on uh, and then had like technical difficulties yeah. with our good friend Derek Bodner right after that. So thank you, fellas. We I think in honor of that, that, we should just munge up the Mosher interview until it's <laughs> nearly un- unhearable. <laughs> Uh, uh, final thoughts from you, Mr. Matt Derry. Um, yeah, sure. I had one. Yeah, sure. Uh, oh yeah. Um, so Fletcher Cox hasn't shown up yet. Relax. Good oh, Lord. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We wanted to get to that and we didn't do it. So I'm doing it now. Guys, he's coming. It seems like every couple of days I see somebody shrieking about it online. They're just like absolutely losing their head about like, why hasn't it gotten done yet? Like what's going on? And like, you know, why hasn't this guy been written a big check? And everyone's like, yeah, I agree. Like, come on, people. Like, it's going to happen. Everyone said it's going to happen. He's just staying away because basically probably because he doesn't want to get hurt before it happens. And I don't blame him for that at all. But like, everything's fine just relax stop yelling at everyone about when one guy is going to write another guy a check it's weird and also because the second that that deal goes down you're all going to complain about how much he got paid like there's going to be a discussion about it so uh, if you're saying hey just you know come on, man, you got to sign. And then he signs for like a ridiculous amount of money. You can't then be upset about it. So that's just a forewarning there. Uh, I just want to thank everybody for, uh, again, for listening in, uh, even in the off season with Memorial Day and we're all having fun. Uh, I just urge you to gaze into the iris. Go get Overwatch if you haven't. It's, it's, it is literally, I haven't, I haven't played a game that has been so addicting that has been taking over my life 
uh, wherever you're, if you're a PC player or you're on the Xbox, PS4, they they are obviously Blizzard does not need our help in in sending this out. But Overwatch is probably one of the best games that all three of us are are playing Agreed. right now. Oh yeah, and, and enter enter the code BGNR20 at checkout and you will receive no <laughs> money off. That is true. That is 100% correct. And I just want to echo what I said in the beginning is that we have a lot of great things that we're, we're setting up for the season and a lot of different access points. And uh, we're going to keep building and growing mm. and doing all that stuff for uh, everybody that's hung out and, and stayed with us the entire time, the entire time that we've this podcast has been on. It's all going to be worth it because we have got some really, really awesome stuff planned for this season. So for myself, John Barchard, for Mr. Brandon Lee Gouton, and of course, Matt Daring, we want to thank you for listening to episode number 168 right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. You've been listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. Fueled by Duncan Philly and part of the Liberty Broadcast Network. Folks, we have now reached our final destination of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We realize you have a choice in podcasting. We thank you for choosing ours.